It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's the Sports, sports Rush, Rush with Brett Rush. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The greatest, most interesting, most important person of all time. You are incredible! Listen to me, I'm older and I'm wise. Yeah, well, you're half right. What is this, amateur hour? This is gonna be huge. I believe this is gonna be our finest hour. Just when I think you've said the stupidest thing ever, you keep talking. I think that's the worst thing I've ever heard. That boy ain't right. The simplest way to put it? I have problems. Welcome to the alleged show. Welcome back to the Thursday edition of the Sports Rush. A little Scorpions in the background. Big City Knights. Flashback to my senior year in high school, 1986. Aging me there, Adam. You're aging me, my man. <laughs> we have you all covered this hour here on 1380 The Fan 100.9 FM. As I alluded to, that's Adam Lundy in the producer's chair. I'm the coach, Shannon Griffith. We had a great first hour today, and thanks to those guests, Rob Blackman and Jeremiah Johnson. And this hour, we're going to have Dute come on from Parkview Sports Medicine, as well as Rob Parker, the head women's basketball coach at Homestead High School. But uh, big weekend in area sports. We've got the Purdue-Fort Wayne Dons taking on Oakland tonight at 645. And and our buddy, Brett Rump, will have that call. As always, on Thursday night, you have Justin Kenny coming in here right after us for the high school basketball coaches show. But his show will be preempted only 45 minutes tonight Mm -hmm. to give way to Brett Rump on the call. And then, of course, we talked about... Uh, the Lady Dons as well tonight at home at the Gate Sports Center. 7 o'clock tip-off against the Youngstown State Penguins coming to the Summit City for a Horizon League matchup. 6-6 six and six for the uh, the men Dons in the Horizon League, right up 500. And an opportunity tonight to sweep the Oakland University, uh, as Caleb Hatch alluded to in the break session there. So, big game tonight for them. Tomorrow night, our Fort Wayne Comets take on the Kalamazoo Wings at 8 o'clock here at home. It's a home and home with the K-Zoo Wings. And then the Heartlanders come into the Coliseum on Sunday, 5 o'clock. Puck drop, I believe, on that one. They took three games from Iowa last weekend. We had Ben Boudreaux on yesterday and talking about that three-game stretch and looking ahead now as they're getting into the Second half of their season, I believe he said something like 34 games left. This will be the last time for the faithful to see the uh, case, too, because I believe after this weekend, they head out to Allen and play them down in Texas. And I think they have a trip to Savannah and a trip to uh, Columbia, South Carolina to take on the Stingrays as well this month. So they'll step out of division uh, which that sometimes is good to let the other boys battle each other and beat each other up. But uh, hopefully the K's can get off to a good start for the weekend and get a big win tomorrow night at home against K-Zoo and then look to add to that victory total Saturday up at Kalamazoo before they head back home on Sunday. I don't know if you saw this. this is, I was listening to Mike Francesca today, and uh, he had a take on Tom Brady. And I, I – and, and, and I – 
I sat back and listened to him because at first I thought, this guy's lost it. You know, because he called that, he said that Tom Brady is not the best Super Bowl quarterback or regular season quarterback in the NFL. Wow. Now listen to this now, because he made, his argument is this. Now, by by longevity and numbers alone, because that's what we only kind of look at in some respects, you could say that he was the best because he played the longest and all that stuff. But here's his take on it, and I, I have a tendency to look at it, and th- he kind of changed my perspective a little bit on this argument. The best Super Bowl quarterback, according to him, was none other than Joe Montana of the San Francisco 49ers. Here it is. He did not ever throw an inter- Joe never threw an interception in a Super Bowl game. His QB rating was 127.8 to Tom Brady's, I think, was in the 90s. So he says by that fact alone that Joe Montana was the best Super Bowl quarterback. Then... He said the best down-for-down, Sunday-to-Sunday quarterback for him was no other than Indianapolis Colts legend Peyton Manning. Now, that one would probably sting a little bit if you said that to Brady. Because <laughs> him and Tom did have some battles in the day. Um, but he thought, you know, you know, Sunday-to-Sunday, down-for-down, uh, that he said Peyton Manning, in his mind, was a better quarterback than Tom Brady. And I got to thinking, I was, I, was, I was trying to sit there, like I said, and think, wow, I mean, this guy's nuts. But when you sit back and really reflect on it, he's right. When it comes to longevity and you see Brady through the lens of longevity, he is going to go down as one of the, one of the best, or if not the best, because of the number of years that he's played in the NFL, and he's got the he'll have the numbers behind it, and of course he's got the Super Bowl wins too. Let's not take that away from him. But when you compare it to the guys that didn't have that long of time in the NFL, and you lay it down like that, you can see where analytically you could look at Joe Montana. And his ratings or interceptions that he didn't throw and compare that to Brady and say, well, yeah, I guess you could make that argument. I don't know about the Peyton Manning one, though, but I mean, I get what he's saying that it was I don't think Peyton necessarily had a bad day. Tom, he could have a bad day. But again, that's somebody's opinion. And I I thought it was an interesting conversation. That's why I brought it up. What What are your thoughts on that one? Kind of just sounds like a little bit of a media piece. I'm never going to be a big fan of comparing a current player to a past player. It kind of reminds me of the LeBron James versus uh, Michael Jordan argument a little bit. Sure. And it's like, I don't know how you can fault somebody for, you know, getting to more Super Super Bowls than than someone who played less. I mean, it's not his fault that Joe Montana didn't play as long. And I mean, no. that's one of the things. I mean, if you're available to play for more Super Bowls, I think that's something to be accounted for. And, you know, seven over four, you know. Well, he's right. And, and 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 here's the thing that I think got me to thinking is when he brought in the f- the fact of longevity. Yeah. Because if you look at it from the time of longevity, there's no question that Brady's going to have the better numbers than anybody at the quarterback position. So, 
We just got a text on the uh, Parkview Sports Medicine text line, 46862. Someone said, uh, LOL, Colts fans, they're always finding that one article about Tom Brady not being the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't trying to be that that guy. Sure, but I just thought it was an interesting argument yeah. that Francesca had brought to the table um, about that conversation because that's a conversation that's going to be had. Oh, yeah, certainly. It's going to be... On and the table for a while. When you have that conversation, you know, you just can't say, well, he's the best because he's got the better numbers. Well, that's also le leveraged by the fact that he's played for 20 some odd years in the NFL. Right. But being able to play 20 some odd years is an accomplishment in and of, of itself. Well, I there's would no argue. question of that. Um, absolutely no question. But like Francesca said, when he came in the league, Tom Brady wasn't going to be the guy. Mm hmm. Right. He had to become the guy where Peyton and Joe came in the league like that. And I thought it again, I just thought it was a great, interesting argument from yeah. a different perspective that made me pause. Sure. And so, legitimately gave some reasons why someone else uh, weighing in. If you're going to compare Joe Montana to Tom Brady at Super Bowls, take Tom Brady's three best Super Bowl performances in comparison to Joe's best three. Mm -hmm. So that would maybe be something interesting to look at. But yeah. Yeah, I'm glad it's con it's kind of uh, uh, stimulated a little bit of conversation on the Parkview Medicine Sports text line 46862. Yeah, got another one. No question, Tom Brady is the best. In the fourth quarter and you're down, who else would you want? Time and time again, he's proven himself. Good, good analysis. But Mike Francesca said in that situation, he would still take Joe Montana Man. over Tom Brady. I will say I don't have a lot of Joe Montana experience being a little bit younger. Okay, um, here we go. <laughs> my mom loves Joe Montana. Joe Montana was the man. I mean, he was. He, he led him, and Bill Walsh, it was a great dynasty for back then. Um, and I'm, I'm not trying to step on no. either side of the argument saying that, you know, this or that. It's I, just interesting. It's a great conversational piece because we're all lumped into – numbers and you look at it from a longevity standpoint mm -hmm. tom brady's numbers are going to be way better than any other quarterback because of his longevity and you're right his longevity shouldn't be held against him at any point in time because he made himself that way i mean to do what he's done to take his body that goes through a year of getting beat up and then going back and preparing for the following season it takes a lot to be ready to play that position as quarterback because you're going to take shots and and they're not going to be fun. They're going to hurt at times. So anyway, I thought it was a good conversational piece to have yeah. for us today. And I'm glad it spurred a little bit of conversation on the Parkview Medicine Sports text line. We always encourage anyone listening that wants to weigh in, feel free to send us a text for 68862. Yep. And uh, more, the more the merrier because I think that's one of the unique things that able to do here is spurn conversation uh, as opposed to just sitting around and uh, trying to have a, uh, a debate about something. I think that's a good conversational piece to have thrown out there about who do you think is the better quarterback as a, uh, than Tom Brady? Or could you make an argument? Is there any other quarterback that's better than Tom Brady? Mike Francesca thinks Joe Montana is based on QB rating and interceptions that he had zero and down to down, Sunday to Sunday, he felt Peyton Manning was the better quarterback in the NFL. So we'll leave that there. We're going to uh, shift it over to you right now. How about some uh, sports headlines? Do you have any uh, updates from earlier today?
Yeah, I certainly do for you here, Shannon. Well, you've heard a little bit earlier in the first hour, we talked to Jeremiah Johnson that Tyrese Halliburton is expected to play again tonight for the Indiana Pacers. He's been out for uh, over 10 games now. Uh, Certainly looking forward to his return tonight. Um, He is expected to play, according to Rich Coach Rick Carlisle, but is officially listed as questionable still on the injury report. Also listed as questionable tonight is LeBron James, uh, who is just currently 89 points away from passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on the all-time scoring record. And this is a little bit of a news story here for you. This happens, uh, this is coming out of Iowa. So the Illinois student section, uh, known as the Orange Crush, was looking to travel for their one game a year to Iowa. Yeah. And sit in their student section and they bought a lot of tickets. But to get the discount, they posed as the Illinois Boys and Girls Club, a chapter to get the discount. (laughs) This was found out by the Iowa Athletics Department and they took the tickets away from the Orange Crush of Illinois and instead will be inviting members of the Iowa Boys and Girls Club to sit at the (laughs) sold-out game. So, lesson in the future, uh, don't lie about your organization when booking tickets. You have to give it up, though, for the creativity of these college kids thinking, okay, I want to go to this game, but we got to get the discount. So how can we make this happen? They made it happen, but Iowa poo-pooed on them, right? And But now the Boys and Girls Club of Iowa will get the those tickets and mm-hmm. be able to join it. So something great to come out of that already uh, from that. But that's an interesting uh, display of creativity by the Orange Crush. It certainly is. I, I felt that was worth sharing because just what a what a wacky story out of Big Ten basketball that is. Absolutely. Well, we're going to step away. We're going to get uh, Rob Parker, the head coach from the Lady Spartans, on the Masters and Heating and Cooling Hotline. After we step aside and come back, this is the Thursday edition of the Sports Rush right here on 1380 The Fan 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the Sports Rush alongside Adam Lundy. I am the coach, Shannon Griffith. And the next guest, Bailey, I tell you, he's going to have a very memorable 400th win because he got it the other night by a gift from a freshman. That's right. We got the, on the Masters Heating and Cooling Hotline, Homestead Lady Spartans head coach, Rod Parker. Coach, thanks for coming on the Sports Rush today. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, I congratulations on that 400th win. And um, I got to see the locker room celebration. And then I, as an old coach, I, I can't get enough of that sometimes. But I tell you, the, the young lady, Maya Epps, my goodness, a freshman, Goes to the line with .5 seconds left. Gets three gets three foul shots. Now, being honest, as you were on the sideline, what was going through your head at that moment? <laughs> well, I was sitting there thinking to myself, man, I, I hope she steps up and makes these <laughs> for multiple reasons. Obviously for the win, but also just, you know, for a young lady to be put in that position. You want to see them, you know, be successful and so on. But uh, I was really impressed with Maya. She's so great composure and you know, it wasn't just stepping up and making three free throws. I mean, they called a couple timeouts, you know, after each of the first two makes, and uh, the buzzer inadvertently went off before the third. So um, she was probably in about the toughest situation to have those free throws extend out over about uh, four and a half minutes. So uh, I was really impressed with her um, 
our competitiveness and our composure in that situation. Well, here, you know, that even, uh, I was going to ask you how many times they, you know, tried to ice her, but the, the horn going off, <laughs> that that is another uh, level of uh, anxiousness that could come across. But the, the it was that moment wasn't too big for her at the foul line and i'm no. and i'm assuming that as a coach you put your kids in that situation even though it's practice with the same thought process you do and you know but the big difference as you know is it was such a great environment tuesday mm-hmm. night the crowd was huge on both sides we just, you just can't replicate that uh especially for a young kid that age who you know in a couple of years, hopefully she's played in some games like this, you know, and, and postseason play with the crowds. But it was her first go at it. And, you know, after the first time out they called, you know, I, I had a really good pep talk, you know, prepared like you have in the, you know, your back pocket in situations like that to instill confidence. But then on the second time out, I thought to myself, oh, man, I got to come up with another one real quick. And <laughs> she walked over to the bench. But um, I, I was really also impressed with her teammates. Uh, Ali Stevens, Emma Royce did a fantastic job. Um, keeping her incredibly calm and positive in those situations, too. So uh, her teammates definitely helped. Well, set up a little bit of that game uh, the other night. Now, Columbia City, they had a fantastic girls basketball team this year. And, you know, of course, you guys have seen each other in the tournament before. So this was kind of built itself into a little bit of a rivalry game, I guess you could say. Um, Explain kind of the situation heading into that game as far as the game, how that game evolved the other night. Well, you know, it lived up to exactly what, it, you know, I guess fans were hoping for and we were expecting and the fact that, you know, they're a great basketball team, they've got great guard play, um, and, and we knew it was going to be a tight game the whole way, and, and I'm not sure offhand if anyone built a lead more than uh, three points the entire game. I just was constantly back and forth, and the game stayed within one possession for 32 minutes. Um, and, I, and I thought both teams did a really good job defensively. Uh, I think we both have some good offensive players, and uh, I thought both teams did a nice job taking away what each of us wanted to do. Uh, but, um, you know, it, it was a fun game. It was kind of what we expected, what we prepared for, uh, and it went down to the final minute. And, you know, we've been in several games like that this year. and Fortunately, we were able to, to make the plays this time that we needed. Now, you you come back tomorrow night against uh, the Wayne Generals. Uh, you've right now sitting at 17-4. and four. And, you know, uh, you've had a couple days off. It's, I was surprised with a Tuesday game that, you know, you're, you had what yesterday off and then today and then tomorrow you play. Do you, do you like that time period off or would you rather, you know, get back at it within a day or so? Well, the time period off is kind of nice. You know, I think, you know, it was very helpful to us this year because Tuesday night's game was a very interesting game because it had the excitement, it had the adrenaline, it had everything of a sectional championship game. Yes. So when you're in that situation, there's a lot of adrenaline, you know, and I know my kids were up late. We didn't leave on there till after 10 o'clock. And, um, you know, with those emotions, it's easy to be a little bit mentally tired that day after. And so having Wednesday off, I think, was nice. Uh, we were able to do a lot of walkthrough stuff yesterday and hit a little bit harder tonight, you know, in preparing for tomorrow. So, you know, I like it. At least one day off, I think, is nice to you know, prepare for your next opponent. 
Now, looking at the generals, um, give us a little bit of insight because I think there's one thing that everybody needs to be guarded against. And in what happened during the year and the season, you might as well throw that away because you can ask Northrop and Carroll because that was the exact opposite uh, for that game that was also on Tuesday night that Carroll ended up beating the Lady Bruins. So with the generals right now, what what are some things that, you, you know, you your girls need to be on top of Friday night coming off an emotional victory like that? Well, you know, the, the first thing I'm going to say is Lacia Gorman is doing a fantastic job at Wayne. And the improvement they've had in the last several years has been significant. And, you know, they've won 15 games this year. And they've beaten some conference opponents, you know, handily. So they've got three kids who can really score the basketball. And uh, they're a much improved defensive team. And, you know, I hate to bore my team with Cinderella stories, but we always talk about how, you know, every game is a big game. And the next one's the most important one, you know, and the next possession is the most important one. But, you know, we talked about the fact last year that, you know, Southside went down to our sectional with three wins and beat a team with 16 wins. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, before the championship game. So you, we've got to be focused. It's got to be our most important game of the season is tomorrow night, and that's the way we're really trying to, to address it. Yeah, the sectionals, uh, the tournament always creates the mindset, winner stays up, loser goes home, kind of like the old playground days, you know, yeah. uh, in the backyard. Now, have you, uh, you guys will play potentially, if you move on, will play on Saturday uh, at 7.30, and you guys will play, I believe, the winner of the New Haven-Huntington North ball game. Is that correct, potentially? Yep, that okay. is correct. What would, let me ask you this. I don't know if you have a chance to kind of scan around. Was there anything within the tournament on last couple days that surprised you any? Um, you know, obviously, I think things played out the way I wanted them to in our sectional. Uh-huh. But, you know, you, you talked about the Northrop game and stuff like that, and and I'm not at all going to say that surprised me because Mark Redding does a great job at right. Carroll, and, and the, both those teams are on our schedule. We play them. You know, and for us, they were equally competitive this year. So you knew that would be a good game. Mm-hmm. Maybe the discrepancy in the score shocked me a little bit. I thought right. it might be a tighter game like ours was with Columbia City. But, um, you know, nothing really surprises you in the tournament. It really doesn't because, you know, it's a fresh slate. And, you know, it comes down to how kids handle the excitement of it, if you want to call it pressure of it. Um, and so on, and, and anybody can get hot at any given time. So, you know, you really got to go in and, and be able to control what you can control. Yeah, and I, I, this is just a basic observation from me with, uh, you know, the, the ladies' basketball in the Summit City over the last few years. Boy, the competitive balance is starting to come come into play more and more, isn't it? Well, and there's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, obviously – we had a great run at Homestead for several years where we were kind of separate ourselves from everybody around here. Um, but, you know, right now we're still a good basketball program. But there's, well, look at this. I think it was the first time I can remember in a long time we have six teams from Northeast Indiana, top 20 in the state polls. Right. Um, you know, including going out as far as Warsaw, which, you know, I include in here because they play pretty much everyone around here on our schedule as well. And so to have that and to have, you know, uh, four SAC schools in the top 20 this year, Columbia City, you know, as of Tuesday night was sixth in the state, um, you know, and not to mention you take teams like Norwell, 19 wins, Huntington North right now, 19 wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's there's eight or nine teams right around here that are really good girls basketball teams right now. And it's fun, and it's exciting. Oh, yeah. I think it's great. I think when you have competitive balance, you get the best talent on the floor, and it's a a great, 
great ball game to watch, especially when you got a young freshman step to the line and sink three with .5 seconds left to get you a victory. Well, there's no question Friday night will be uh, another great night down there in Huntington and potentially even bigger on Saturday for the Lady Spartans. Coach, we wish you best of luck in that sectional as well as congratulations on your 400th victory as a head coach. Thanks. I appreciate it very much. That was Rod Parker, the head women's basketball coach at Homestead. And what a just a what a game that was to listen to with that Maya Epps and everything that's associated with that. I bet her parents are now recovered that they can go on to the next game because I can imagine mom and dad were sitting up there really sweating it out. But congratulations to her and the Lady Spartans as they move on and place the Wayne Generals, another Summit Athletic Conference team, Friday night, a game that we will have right here on 1380 The Fan. Uh, at uh, I believe that's a seven o'clock, seven thirty, seven thirty ball game. So we'll have that right here. So look forward to that. We're going to step aside after this. We're going to have Eric Dukevich join us from Parkview Sports Medicine right here on the Sports Rush on thirteen eighty The Fan one hundred point nine FM. Welcome back to the Sports Rush. We're wrapping up a Thursday afternoon as we're here. Waiting to talk with our friend from Parkview Sports Medicine. Just a quick reminder, right after us, we'll have the high school coaches basketball show right on with us with Justin Kinney. And that will be a 45-minute show. And then, of course, we give way to Purdue-Fort Wayne basketball versus Oakland at 645. Yeah, and uh, a quick shout-out to Philip, who won the four-pack to the boat show today on today's show. So, Philip, hope you enjoy the boat show. Congratulations, Philip. That is a great event to go to. Enjoy it with friends and family. But like I said, it's a Thursday, and you know what Thursday is. It's time for our friend from Parkview Sports Medicine who will give us a little better insight, not just on some of the boys' stuff with this week, but also some insight to the girls' sectional. So let's get in on the Masters in Heating and Hotline, Mr. Eric Dutekevich. Dut, how you doing? Coach, good to hear from you. Great interview with uh, Coach Parker uh, just before me. Uh, tough act to follow when you get 400 wins uh, and a big sectional victory on uh, Tuesday night. <laughs> uh, and, he, and he's not going to forget that win either. He'll be telling that story for the rest of his life, and uh, <laughs> he'll never forget it. And ne- nowhere uh, will uh, Maya Epps ever forget that for the That's freshman. That's true. So great to see those things. I know that... Uh, Basketball is in getting uh, wrapping up in the boys as we come to a conclusion there. When you know the sectionals getting ready to start here in a couple weeks, and of course the girls are already within the sectionals. But first and foremost, let's go into the boys side of the equation, and um, I'm sure you got a top five for us in the boys this week. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a little bit different now because girls have moved out of regular season into sectionals and. And frankly, half the state has been eliminated at this point. So what we'll do is the top five teams for the boys, and then we'll kind of look ahead to some of the uh, sectional action. But we can go ahead and dive into the top five and, and get things rolling. Let's do that. Let's look at the number five this week on the boys. Yeah, number five, we find the Huntington North Vikings. You know, this is the time of year where some of these teams that have kind of struggled throughout the year uh, start to creep up on you. And Huntington North is one of those teams. 
They're seven and nine, three and two in the NE8, but three straight wins, their first winning streak of the season, and they've also won four of their last five after starting three and eight. They beat Canterbury. Uh, 50 to 37, good win there, but edged Belmont in conference play 49 to 47, and then edged DeKalb 38 to 37 all in the last week. And get this, here's a team that's doing it, averaging less than 40 points per game for the season. So defense has been big for Craig Teagle and company. They're getting some wins. Um, probably not going to win the NEA, uh, but, uh, you know, you start to get hot now, it can really mean a lot for your team down the line in Huntington North, starting to figure some things out down there at Bob Strait Court. Well, they're getting hot at the right time, as you would say. How about number four for us this week? Number four, we find the Adam Central Flying Jets. You know, ten straight wins now for this Adam Central team. They beat Heritage by 30 last Friday night to take kind of the lead in the ACAC regular season uh, race. They've already won the ACAC tourney and really uh, are kind of in the driver's seat now for for the regular season title. Ten straight wins, like I said. You know, all season long, they've been scoring 61 points per game. But since the ACAC tourney, the Jets have averaged uh, 74 points per game. So they're picking up their offensive production in the last five games. That's really looked good for them. They got some big games on tap. Uh, Fremont tonight, Leo on Saturday. Then they host uh, county rival South Adams next Friday. That could give them their first ACAC title since 2012. So big, big week ahead for the Flying Jets. Yeah, the Jets just keep rolling in any sport down there in Decatur County. Let's look at number three of the boys this week. Number three, we find the Norwell Knights. They continue to roll. They're up to number three in the Class 3A poll, sitting at 15-2 and at 8-0 and in the any eight. Uh, a big win against New Haven last Saturday to, to kind of take another leap towards that any eight crowd. How about Luke, Luke McBride? Uh, here's a guy who scored 26 points and nine rebounds against New Haven and followed up with 24-10 and 10 versus Lures and then another 13 versus East Noble. Uh, so three big wins in the calendar week, eight straight overall for, for, for Norwell. They got a big one at Columbia City on Saturday night. That will be for first place in the NE8. Um, and then they close it out with Huntington North on next Friday. So some huge games coming up for them as well. This Norwell team continues to, to make it big, and, and they are going to be a tough out uh, come sectional time as well. Absolutely, and that will be a big game in Columbia City on Friday night. Look at number two. Who's number two this week on the boys? N- number two, we find the Concordia Cadets. And, yes, I still roll with the old Cadets pronunciation. Uh, 11 and 4, 5 and 1 in the SAC. Number 16, if you will, in the others receiving votes in the Class 3A poll. Five straight wins for Philip Brockman and company. Uh, Johnny Washington has been outstanding all year long for this team. 29 points uh, versus uh, Northside last week, 15 versus Heritage. He's cracked the 1,000-point barrier. Heck of a football player, Coach, as you know as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, this Concordia team is really coming on. And, and keep in mind, here's a team 5-1 and one, sitting in still in contention for an SAC crown because they have a big one against Homestead next Tuesday or next uh, a week from Tuesday that could really uh, make an impact on what 
the SAC races um, and some big uh, again against Wayne on February seventeenth as well. So some big games for them coming up. They're really looking hot at this time too. And let's finish it off with the number one boys team this week. For the number one team, we stick in the SAC and find the Wayne Generals. Another 5-1 and one SAC team is still in contention for the SAC title. 13-4 and four overall. How about this? Upsetting number two Blackhawk Christian at home, 75-73 to 73 last Saturday. The second ACA, or N, uh, get my conferences, second SAC team to do that in the last week. Dwanger, of course, was able to do that earlier. Javon Lewis, Jr., 26 points against Blackhawk Christian, and then they played Lures, and he goes for 17 points and 13 assists. 13 assists wow. with 17 points. Incredible season for that young man. I know he's up for uh, Max Preps, Indiana Athlete of the Week, so go on and vote for that if you can. Uh, great for him. Uh, they're going to play Homestead next week for SAC contention as well. Um, and think about this. This team is 13-4. and four. Last three seasons, they were 4-18, and 7-8 and 16-8-11. and, eight and, 11. and 11. So Coach Byron Pickens, what a wonderful job he's been able to do. Rod Parker mentioned it for the girls at Wayne. The boys' teams have turned it around. Basketball looking really solid out at Winchester Road. Yeah, absolutely. The competitive nature of it, balance and all, has come back in the basketball, both boys and girls. Well, let's shift gears here a little bit because we've got the, the ladies' sectionals going on, and you mentioned Coach Parker there earlier, but we'll get to that sectional six here in a moment. Let's look at sectional five at first. You got Snyder and DeKalb, East Noble versus Carroll. Now, we've had that big upset in that sectional last week, last the other night when Carroll beat Northrop. Kind of give us a, a, a quick earshot of these two games and kind of who you look at the end of the final. Yeah, you know, Snyder has climbed their way pretty quietly into the top 10 in Class 4A, sitting at number 10 like they were last year, 18 and 4. They missed out on that SEC crown. Uh, because of Northrop's overall, you know, going running the table in the league. Uh, but for Snyder, a chance to get some hardware. They line up against the DeKalb team. They beat handily earlier in the year. I expect them to move on to the final. And then Carroll, that huge upset on Tuesday night against Northrop. And keep in mind, people talk a lot about the score, but that game was 39-38 to with six minutes left in the game. And then Carroll closed out the game 20 to nothing to win that first-round game. Yeah. I don't think we see the same thing necessarily. Maybe we can with East Noble. But if we have a Snyder versus East Carroll matchup, I'd be shocked to see that again. Of course, Snyder and Carroll just played last Friday. The Panthers win by 15 points. So I have to give that edge to Snyder. Both teams are playing hot, but the fact that they just played last Friday, Snyder won by 15, there again, I don't know if it's a 15-point spread again, but I'm going to give the edge to Snyder to win back-to-back sectionals and head on to the newly reformatted regionals next week. But don't be surprised if this Carroll team, which you know was really struggling, if you will, that first half of the year, comes in and pulls out that sectional victory, keeps that momentum going. They're playing hot at the right time as well. Well, let's jump in now to the Huntington North sectional six. You got the Huntington North Lady Vikings taking on the Lady Bulldogs of New Haven, and then the Homestead Lady Spartans will take on the Wayne Lady Generals in that 
sectional coming up tomorrow night. Kind of give us your insight there as well as the finals. Yeah, Huntington North, the host team in this sectional, they draw the bye and they benefit kind of the way the ping pong balls uh, fly because New Haven and Southside line up two teams that had a combined four wins between them. How about New Haven going in and beating Southside, a team that beat them in the regular season? They move on. They get their first sectional game win since 2015. Um, I think Huntington North cruises easily. They beat New Haven 54-18 to in December, so they'll move on to the final there. And then on the flip other side of that, Homestead, I think, is probably the favorite to win this sectional, um, especially after their huge win over Columbia City earlier in the week. But like Rod Parker mentioned, this Wayne team uh, has really improved this year. They've got three players that really can, in Anaya Hill, uh, Sidney Gorman and Amelia Diaz, who can really score the basketball for them. Um, and, you know, they have, it's been 11 years since Wayne got the bye this year. It's been 11 years since Wayne won a sectional game. So I think there's a little bit of added motivation this year for this team. But I think ultimately Homestead comes out on top on the 4A Huntington North sectional. Well, I will say this. If Huntington North and Homestead are in the final that gym may be filled to capacity because it's one yeah. great air arena to go play in down there in Huntington. Let's jump over to yeah, sectional. And Huntington North won the regular season matchup in overtime. I should mention that, too. Yeah, they 50, got that. Uh, right. And don't think that, that Homestead doesn't remember that game uh, in the new Spartan arena. No question. Then you've got sectional 21 at Concordia. you got Woodland versus Heritage, Concordia versus Garrett. Where, where do you see those uh, games falling out? Yeah, I mean, I you know, Woodland and Heritage is a, is that old fashioned ACAC matchup that meets in a in a Fort Wayne sectional out at Concordia. Um, Woodland nineteen and four uh, beat Heritage pretty easily. I think they move on no problem. Heritage at hey, four and three after a two and thirteen start, so they've been able to find some momentum on the other side. Of Concordia and Garrett is really intriguing to me. Of course, Garrett, a team that made a deep run a year ago. Concordia, a team in their second-year head coach, uh, Coach Bollinger, trying to figure things out. Ten wins this year, which du- I think doubled what they had last year. Annika Nelson has been tremendous for them. I think Concordia gets the win over Garrett, matches up against Woodland, and I think Woodland, who beat Concordia earlier on in the season, wins this sectional, gets their first sectional title since 1990 been a long time and gary cobb's last season don't forget that too they got they're playing for coach uh, as he's set to retire at season's end all right we're gonna move quickly here as we get to the 3a norwell sectional i know that you look to have norwell and belmont in that final game kind of give us your potential analysis of the norwell belmont matchup if that evolves to fruition yeah, top 10 matchup in the final if you look at it with Norwell beating Peru and then Belmont knocking off uh, Northwestern, though that game is going to be, that may be a really good one too, uh, tight game with Northwestern. But I think Norwell and Belmont move on. And hey, I think Belmont goes to Norwell and gets the upset special of the week, part two, and gets a big sectional championship win. Um, looking to repeat, and I think that happens there. I, I loved. Uh, I think that's a big one that could, we could see. But of course, Norwell and Belmont, a fun rivalry that now will look to match up in the sectional final if the Belmont team makes it through uh, Northwestern first. Okay, quickly at the three A sectional, sectional twenty seven. You look to having the championship game there. Bluffton versus Bishop Lures. Kind of give us your insight there. 
yeah, no team really jumps off the page in this sectional. Lures, the Fort Wayne school, playing the tougher schedule. I like them. It's been ele- uh, not 10 years since Lures has won a sectional. You think back at all the success they've had. So I like uh, Bishop Lures in that sectional to win it all on Saturday. All right. How about this? What is anything else that's going on there at Parkview Sports Medicine this week? Yeah, you know, we just remember our EDGE program is rolling along. It's that time of year where some of the basketball seasons are, are wrapping up for some of the kids and other seasons, swimming, wrestling as well. And just remind people about our PSM Performance EDGE program, individualized sports performance training with expert staff. Uh, that you, you know, sports based. So wh- whatever sport you do, we can tailor, and whatever your ability is too. Uh, for more information, including a, a free evaluation to kind of get started, log on to ParkviewSportsMedicine.com/performance and uh, go from there, and we can set you up and, and and have our staff talk to you and find what the r- right tailor-made program for you will be within our PSM Performance Edge classes. Absolutely the best in the city. Parkview Sports Medicine. Thanks, Eric Dutekevich, for giving us a lowdown here on the girls' sectional as well as the boys' top five. We'll catch you later. Bye-bye now. That was Eric Dutekevich from Parkview Sports Medicine. Hey, we're going to step aside here real quick. This is the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the Sports Rush here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Thank you to all the guests that were joining me over the last couple days. Enjoy being the sub-host for Mr. Brett Rump, who will be back tomorrow at 4 to give you his weekend edition of the Sports Rush on Friday. Thanks to Adam Lundy and all he has done to produce the show and and get the guests for myself. And he does a great thing, a great job here at 1380 The Fan and making sure the show goes without a hitch. Thank you. Of course, you do a good job, my man. Remember, tonight, right after this, we're going to have the High School Basketball Coaches Show with Justin Kinney. He'll come on for about 45 minutes and give way to Brett Rump and the Purdue Mastodons game against Oakland tonight at 645, tip at 7. Thanks to everyone that's listening, our guests. This is the coach, Shannon Griffith. We'll catch you another time right here. On the Sports Rush, 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Have a great day, everybody.